This is day eight of our daily Bible reading. We'll be reading Genesis chapters 29 through 32 and Psalm chapter 8. Lord God, as we enter into your word this morning, please allow us the ability to see clearly the promises that you have made to your people in here. Help us to see Christ in every reading that we conduct. Help us to seek your face in everything we do. Lord God, we are so needy. We are so distracted. We are so selfish at times. And yet, Lord, you remain faithful to us, just like you were faithful to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Lord, you are still faithful today. We thank you, Lord, for keeping your promises, for being someone reliable. And we thank you, Lord, for that enormous privilege. Please bless the reading of your word today and help us to see clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the sons of the east. He looked and saw a well in the field, and behold, three flocks of sheep were lying there beside it, for from that well they watered the flocks. Now the stone on the mouth of the well was large. When all the flocks were gathered here, they would then roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep, and put the stone back in its place on the mouth of the well. Jacob said to them, My brothers, where are you from? And they said, We are from Haran. He said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said to them, Is it well with him? And they said, It is well, and here is Rachel, his daughter, coming with a sheep. He said, Behold, it is still high day. It is not time for the livestock to be gathered. Water the sheep and go, pasture them. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered. And they rolled the a stone from the mouth of the well. Then we water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. When Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob went up and rolled the stone from the mouth of the well and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted his voice and wept. Jacob told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and that he was Rebekah's son, and she ran and told her father. So when Laban heard the news of Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him, and embraced him, and kissed him, and brought him to his house. Then he related to Laban all these things. Laban said to him, Surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with them a month. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. And Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful of form and face. Now Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, 
It is better that I give her to you than to give her to another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my time is completed, that I may go in to her. Laban gathered all the men of the place and made a feast. Now in the evening he took his daughter Leah and brought her to him, and Jacob went in to her. Laban also gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. So it came about in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served with you? Why then have you deceived me? But Laban said, It is not the practice in our place to marry off the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one, and we will give you the other also, for the service which you shall serve with me for another seven years. Jacob did so, and completed her week, and he gave him his daughter Rachel as his wife. Laban also gave his maid Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her maid. So Jacob went in to Rachel also, and he indeed loved Rachel more than Leah, and he served with Laban for another seven years. Now the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, and he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah conceived and bore a son and named him Reuben. For she said, Because the Lord has seen my affliction, surely now my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. So she named him Simeon. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore he was named Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, This time I will praise the Lord. Therefore she named him Judah. Then she stopped bearing. Now when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she became jealous of her sister. And she said to Jacob, Give me children, or else I die. Then Jacob's anger burned against Rachel, and he said, Am I in the place of God, who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? She said, Here is my maid Bilhah. Go into her, that she may bear on my knees, that through her I too may have children. So she gave him her maid Bilhah as a wife, and Jacob went into her. Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has vindicated me, and has indeed heard my voice, and has given me a son. Therefore she named him Dan. Rachel's maid Bilhah conceived again, and bore Jacob a second son. So Rachel said, With mighty wrestlings I have wrestled with my sister, and I have indeed prevailed. And she named him Naphtali. 
When Leah saw that she had stopped bearing, she took her maid Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, How fortunate! So she named him Gad. Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, Happy am I, for women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. Now in the days of wheat harvest, Reuben went and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, Is it a small matter for you to take my husband? And would you take my son's mandrakes also? So Rachel said, Therefore he may lie with you tonight in return for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came in from the field in the evening, then Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come in to me, for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he lay with her that night. God gave heed to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Then Leah said, God has given me my wages, because I gave my maid to my husband. So she named him Issachar. Leah conceived again, and bore a sixth son to Jacob. Then Leah said, God has endowed me with a great gift. Now my husband will dwell with me, because I have borne him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. Afterward, she bore a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel, and God gave heed to her and opened her womb. So she conceived and bore a son, and said, God has taken away my reproach. She named him Joseph, saying, May the Lord give me another son. Now it came about when Rachel had borne Joseph, that Jacob said to Laban, Send me away, that I may go to my own place and to my own country. Give me my wives and my children, for whom I have served you, and let me depart. For you yourself know my service, which I have rendered you. But Laban said to him, If now it pleases you, stay with me. I have divined that the Lord has blessed me on your account. He continued, Name me your wages, and I will give it. But he said to him, You yourself know how I have served you and how your cattle have fared with me. For you had little before I came, and it increased to a multitude, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I turned. But now, when shall I provide for my own household also? So he said, What shall I give you? And Jacob said, You shall not give me anything. If you will do this one thing for me, I will again pasture and keep your flock. Let me pass through your entire flock today, removing from there every speckled and spotted sheep and every black one among the lambs, and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and such shall be my wages. So my honesty will answer for me later, 
when you come concerning my wages. Every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and black among the lambs, if found with me, will be considered stolen. Laban said, Good, let it be according to your word. So he removed on that day the striped and spotted male goats and all the speckled and spotted female goats, every one with white in it, and all the black ones among the sheep, and gave them into the care of his sons. And he put a distance of three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. Then Jacob took fresh rods of poplar and almond and plane trees, and peeled white stripes in them, exposing the white which was in the rods. He set the rods which he had peeled in front of the flocks in the gutters, even in the watering troughs, where the flocks came to drink, and they mated when they came to drink. So the flocks mated by the rods, and the flocks brought forth striped, speckled, and spotted. Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face toward the striped and all the black in the flock of Laban. And he put his own herds apart and did not put them in Laban's flock. Moreover, whenever the stronger of the flock were mating, Jacob would place the rods in the sight of the flock in the gutters, so that they might mate by the rods. But when the flock was feeble, he did not put them in. So the feebler were Laban's, and the stronger Jacob's. So the man became exceedingly prosperous, and had large flocks, and male and female servants, and camels, and donkeys. Now Jacob heard the words of Laban's sons, saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's, and from what belonged to our father he has made all his wealth. Jacob saw the attitude of Laban, and behold, it was not friendly toward him as formerly. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your relatives, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to his flock in the field, and said to them, I see your father's attitude, that it is not friendly toward me as formerly, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that I have served your father with all my strength, yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. However, God did not allow him to hurt me. If he spoke thus, the speckled shall be your wages, then all the flock brought forth speckled. And if he spoke thus, the striped shall be your wages, then all the flock brought forth striped. Thus God has taken away your father's livestock and given them to me. And it came about at the time when the flock were mating that I lifted up my eyes and saw in a dream, and behold, the male goats which were mating were striped, speckled, and mottled. Then the angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. He said, Lift up now your eyes, and see that all the male goats which are mating are striped, speckled, 
and modeled. For I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar, where you made a vow to me. Now arise, leave this land, and return to the land of your birth. Rachel and Leah said to him, Do we still have any portion or inheritance in our father's house? Are we not reckoned by him as foreigners? For he has sold us, and has also entirely consumed our purchase price. Surely all the wealth which God has taken away from our father belongs to us and our children. Now then, do whatever God has said to do. Then Jacob arose and put his children and his wives upon camels. And he drove away all his livestock and all his property which he had gathered, his acquired livestock which he had gathered in Padan Aram, to go to the land of Canaan to his father Isaac. When Laban had gone to shear his flock, then Rachel stole the household idols that were her father's. And Jacob deceived Laban, the Aramean, by not telling him that he was fleeing. So he fled with all that he had, and he arose and crossed the Euphrates River, and set his face toward the hill country of Gilead. When it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob had fled, then he took his kinsmen with him, and pursued him a distance of seven days' journey. And he overtook him in the hill country of Gilead. God came to Laban, the Aramean, in a dream of the night, and said to him, Be careful that you do not speak to Jacob, either good or bad. Laban caught up with Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the hill country, and Laban, with his kinsmen, camped in the hill country of Gilead. Then Laban said to Jacob, What have you done by deceiving me and carrying away my daughters like captives of the sword? Why did you flee secretly and deceive me, and did not tell me so that I might have sent you away with joy and with songs, with timbrel and with lyre? and did not allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters? Now you have done foolishly. It is in my power to do you harm. But the God of your father spoke to me last night, saying, Be careful not to speak either good or bad to Jacob. Now you have indeed gone away, because you longed greatly for your father's house. But why did you steal my gods? And Jacob replied to Laban, Because I was afraid, for I thought that you would take your daughters from me by force. The one with whom you find your gods shall not live. In the presence of our kinsmen, point out which is yours among my belongings, and take it for yourself. For Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen them. So Laban went into Jacob's tent, and to Leah's tent, and into the tent of the two maids, but he did not find them. Then he went out of Leah's tent and entered Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the household idols and put them in the camel's saddle, and she sat on them. And Laban felt through all the tent, but did not find them. She said to her father, Let not my lord be angry 
that I cannot rise before you? For the manner of women is upon me. So he searched, but did not find the household idols. Then Jacob became angry and contended with Laban. And Jacob said to Laban, What is my transgression? What is my sin that you have hotly pursued me? Though you have felt through all my goods, what have you found of all your household goods? Set it here before my kinsmen and your kinsmen, that they may decide between us two. These twenty years I have been with you. Your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried, nor have I eaten the rams of your flocks. That which was torn of beasts I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it myself. You required it of my hand, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. Thus I was. By day the heat consumed me, and the frost by night, and my sleep fled from my eyes. These twenty years I have been in your house. I served you fourteen years for your two daughters, and six years for your flock, and you changed my wages ten times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been for me, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God has seen my affliction and the toil of my hands, so he rendered judgment last night. Then Laban replied to Jacob, The daughters are my daughters, and the children are my children, and the flocks are my flocks. And all that you see is mine. But what can I do this day to these, my daughters, or to their children whom they have born? So now come, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it be a witness between you and me. Then Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. Jacob said to his kinsmen, Gather stones. So they took stones and made a heap, and they are there by the heap. Now Laban called it Jagar Sahadutha, but Jacob called it Galid. Laban said, This heap is a witness between you and me this day. Therefore it was named Galid and Mizpah, for he said, May the Lord watch between you and me when we are absent one from another. If you mistreat my daughters, or if you take wives besides my daughters, although no man is with us, see, God is witness between you and me. Laban said to Jacob, Behold this heap, and behold the pillar which I have set between you and me. This heap is a witness, and the pillar is a witness, that I will not pass by this heap to you for harm, and you will not pass by this heap and this pillar to me for harm. The God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge between us. So Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice on the mountain and called his kinsmen to the meal, and they ate the meal and spent the night on the mountain. Early in the morning, Laban arose and kissed his sons and his daughters and blessed them. Then Laban departed and returned to his place. Now, 
As Jacob went on his way, the angels of God met him. Jacob said when he saw them, This is God's camp. So he named that place Mahanaim. Then Jacob sent messengers before him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. He also commanded them, saying, Thus you shall say to my lord Esau, Thus says your servant Jacob, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed until now. I have oxen and donkeys and flocks and male and female servants. And I have sent to tell my Lord that I may find favor in your sight. The messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau, and furthermore he is coming to meet you, and four hundred men are with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people who were with him, and the flocks and the herds and the camels, into two companies. For he said, If Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, then the company which is left will escape. Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, Return to your country and to your relatives, and I will prosper you. I am unworthy of all the loving kindness and of all the faithfulness which you have shown to your servant. For with my staff only I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau. For I fear him, that he will come and attack me and the mothers with the children. For you said, I will surely prosper you and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which is too great to be numbered. So he spent the night there. Then he selected from what he had with him a present for his brother Esau, two hundred female goats and twenty male goats, two hundred ewes and twenty rams, thirty milking camels and their colts, forty cows and ten bulls, twenty female donkeys and ten male donkeys. He delivered them into the hand of his servants, every drove by itself and said to his servants, Pass on before me, and put a space between droves. He commanded the one in front, saying, When my brother Esau meets you and asks you, To whom do you belong, and where are you going, and to whom do these animals in front of you belong? Then you shall say, These belong to your servant Jacob. It is a present sent to my lord Esau. And behold, he also is behind us. Then he commanded also the second and the third, and all those who followed the droves, saying, After this manner you shall speak to Esau when you find him, and you shall say, Behold, your servant Jacob also is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goes before me. Then afterward I will see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. So the present passed on before him, while he himself spent that night in the camp. Now he arose that same night, 
and took his two wives and his two maids and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and he sent across whatever he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh. So the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he was wrestling with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. He said, Your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and said, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. Now the sun rose upon him just as he crossed over Penuel, and he was limping on his thigh. Therefore to this day the sons of Israel do not eat the sinew of the hip which is on the socket of the thigh, because he touched the socket of Jacob's thigh in the sinew of the hip. Psalm chapter 8 For the choir director on the Gittith A Psalm of David O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, who have displayed your splendor above the heavens. From the mouth of infants and nursing babes you have established strength, because of your adversaries, to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than God, and you crown him with glory and majesty. You make him to rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet all sheep and oxen and all the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Okay, so let's briefly talk about what we read today, since it was kind of a longer reading. Jacob is a crafty fellow. But this story really shows you that this craftiness runs in the family, doesn't it? Because Laban is the exact same way as Jacob. He is sneaky, and he has taken advantage of Jacob time and time again. And like he said when he confronted him, that he had cheated him ten times during the twenty years that he was with him. The first time he did it was when he saw Rachel. He immediately saw Rachel and fell in love with her. And you know it's true love, because it said that those seven years felt like just a few days 
because of his love for her. He desired her greatly. And he wanted her, specifically, as a wife. But Laban took advantage of the situation, and after the seven years, instead of bringing Rachel to him in the tent to consummate the marriage, he sent in Leah in an act of deception. And Leah was not the one that he wanted. He ended up having her now because of what Laban did, but he never desired her as a wife. But even though he never desired her as a wife, the Lord blessed Jacob by giving him six children with this woman. So despite the fact that Leah felt unloved, and maybe she was by Jacob, the Lord showed his love for Leah. And that love is far greater than any man or woman on earth can give you. The Lord gave her purpose. And while we do not agree with polygamy, right, in the way that they've been doing this, through these legal transactions with the maids, and these two sisters quarreling over who's going to have Jacob and who's not, the Lord still blessed them anyway through this. And by the end of our reading today, Jacob is now at 11 children. He has one more to go, which will be Benjamin later on, but we're not quite to him yet. So he worked seven years for Leah, and then he had to work another seven years to pay off Rachel. But at the very least... What was nice is that Laban gave Rachel almost immediately, in advance, rather than having to work a full more seven years before he was allowed to have Rachel. So during that time, that's when he established his own prosperity, and then afterwards it appears he was with Laban another six years serving him. But yeah, you just see this bickering and this quarreling between these sisters and their competition with each other. And it's a shame that back then, a woman only had real value by how many children she could bear. But that is the way it was back then, unfortunately. I don't agree with it necessarily, because a woman is a lot more than just how many kids they can make. But it was a different time. And many times, if you were considered to be barren, then you were considered to be not in favor with God. That God is punishing you somehow. So when we read in chapter 30 that Rachel got pregnant because of the mandrakes that she got from Leah, we don't want to associate that with being the reason why she conceived. The conception was from God, and it's spelled out pretty clearly here as well. But the mandrakes, in case you're curious, they are a kind of a belladonna plant, and they were considered in those days to be an aphrodisiac. So they were fighting over it to see who was going to get Jacob that night and so on and so forth. But that is not how she got pregnant, through this mandrake. It was God. And then in chapter 30, we have this event where Jacob bargains with Laban over the animals. Who was going to get what? How to separate whose was Laban's and which ones were Jacob's. Jacob agreed to take care of his flocks for several years, right? And the agreement was, as his wages, that he was going to keep the off-colored and the spotted animals that were going to be born. But you see that Laban is, again, a crafty fellow. And the reason he agreed to it was he was trying to sabotage Jacob, in reality. He separated the off-color animals 
as to further reduce Jacob's chances of acquiring a larger herd. But through some of the actions of Jacob and how he got them to mate in certain ways, which is basic animal heredity and husbandry, he practiced selective breeding in order to increase his numbers. So in the end, Laban's plan backfired, and God blessed Jacob's efforts and made him prosper. So after Laban found out that his plan backfired, he was hostile toward Jacob. And so Jacob saw the sign, and he decided to take off. He didn't bother telling Laban, and he didn't want to deal with him anymore, so he just took everything and left. But Laban pursued him, especially because, for some reason, Rachel took the household idols that Laban had. Now, why do you think she did that? It doesn't really say specifically why she did that. But all it does say is that she took them, and when Laban came looking for them in all the tents, she pretended that she was menstruating, or maybe she was, I don't know, but she hid them underneath her so that she didn't have to stand up and she didn't have to move from that spot so that she could hide those idols she was sitting on. Now, there's a few reasons and suggestions that have been made as to why she felt necessary to take them. And the most common ones are that they were supposed to guarantee fertility, as in she didn't trust God completely or didn't know him that way. That's one possibility. There's another possibility that in that culture, it was almost like a guarantee that Jacob would have the right to Laban's estate when he died. And this is supported by a statement that Rachel made about having an inheritance in Laban's house. So that's one possibility as well. And another one could be that she still had some sort of dependency on idols instead of just on the God of Jacob. But we don't really know. The Bible's not clear about it, so this is just speculation at this point. So Laban searches all the tents, he doesn't find the idols, and Jacob calls him out saying, all right, you came out here looking for something you claim I stole. You found nothing. What's your problem, man? You have been deceiving me for all these years. I just did the, what I felt was right, and I'm going back home. And I'm taking my family with me, and you can't do anything about it. And so Laban and Jacob ended up making a covenant that we will leave peaceably. You stay on your side of this rock, and I'll stay on my side of this rock. And they left it at that. And that's the last time we see Laban in the Bible. Now, chapter 32 is a pretty interesting chapter. Because even though God has promised to be with Jacob, it is clear that Jacob believes God, and it is clear that his faith in him and his maturity spiritually has increased, he's still not there yet. He still has one final obstacle to conquer, and that is reconciling with Esau. So when he is free of Laban and he's on his own, he now tries to appease Esau with a generous gift of tons of livestock. Because he remembers Esau's state 20 years earlier, when he left quickly, and Esau threatened to kill him. So he's still thinking that Esau is out to kill him. And maybe he is. We'll find out tomorrow. But you see the intense fear that Jacob has for his brother. And he petitions the Lord with a very beautiful prayer. 
he admits from the very beginning that he is unworthy of all the loving kindness and all the faithfulness which God has shown him all these years. And again, just like I said last time, that's what makes Jacob so relatable to me. I am not like him in character, perhaps, but when it comes to certain feelings about myself and how God operates, I feel so inadequate, just like him. I don't understand why God shows so much loving kindness and faithfulness to me, but that's just who he is. I don't understand it. I don't deserve it, but he still gave it to me regardless, and praise God for that. But he's still afraid, and he wants to be comforted by the Lord. And he's wrestling with this. And then it goes into an actual physical wrestling match. But really, this is an illustration of a spiritual wrestling. I hope we can see that. But it says that after everyone was separated from him and he was left alone, it says that a man wrestled with him all night long. The man who wrestled with him all night long is Jesus Christ. Because at the end of it, he said that he saw God face to face, yet his life had been preserved. This was Christ himself in a pre-incarnate form, wrestling with Jacob. But while this is a physical wrestling, this is also, again, an illustration of a spiritual wrestling. And we all know how those feel. We have those times in our lives where we struggle with things. We wrestle with temptations and with sins and how we succumb to those. And it hurts. And sometimes we feel that guilt and that sorrow and that separation. And we are so angry at ourselves or not sure how to do things or uncertain on the outcome. And yet God is still with us. And he sometimes has to knock some sense into us like he does with Jacob here. For some reason, God allowed himself to be overcome in this wrestling match. And yet, to stop the fight, he crippled Jacob in his hip. And we don't know if this dislocation in his hip was a temporary thing or if this was something he had to deal with for the rest of his life. We're not sure. But it was proof that this was not merely a dream. This was a physical wrestling. The Lord Jesus wanted to stop the fight before the sun came up so that Jacob couldn't see his face. Because elsewhere in Scripture it says that no one has seen God at any time. But Jacob insisted on being blessed before that happened. And so God changed his name to Israel. And Israel, in the original Hebrew, means to fight or persist with God. And that sounds like a negative thing, but we have to understand it in this context, that it is fighting or persisting with God in prevailing prayer. Wrestling with something so hard with God that you are fasting, you're meditating upon it, you're pleading with God to deliver you from something, and God answers your request. That is prevailing prayer. And that is why his name is Israel. It's not a negative thing. It's a very positive. And I hope we can learn something from what Jacob dealt with. We need to have a healthy attitude of prayer toward God. We need to continue with God in prayer, no matter how good or bad things get. Prayer is a serious business, and it is the greatest weapon 
that a Christian has. We need to use it. And since there are no coincidences with God, I find it appropriate that today's reading is in chapter 8 of Psalms, because this one is a song of praise toward the Lord, marveling at his majesty and his glory and just his creative power in the universe. Just how wondrous he made everything and how he gave it all to humanity to rule over. Having an attitude of prayer and meditating on who God is in his wholeness will lead you to this psalm. Your attitude will match David in that way. When you have personal encounters with God, you will be filled with joy inexpressible. So we see David overwhelmed with God's glory. He marvels at everything that he has made, and then he asks a very important question. When I look at everything you've made, God, the glory and wonder of this universe, all the intricacies of it, Lord, why is man so important to you? What is man that you take thought of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Why, Lord, why do you care about us so much? We may not understand the answer to that question, but we should be thrilled with it nonetheless. We should be grateful, have an attitude of thanksgiving towards God for how he has taken care of us and has given us so much value and significance in his creation. He gave man dominion over all creation, but we threw it all away in the Garden of Eden. He reminded Noah after the flood that that was still in effect, but animals will now be afraid of us. But we will not have it the way it used to be in the garden when we were still sinless beings until Jesus returns and makes things new. He will fix all the mistakes that we have made. He will start fresh with a new heavens and a new earth. And he will hold all the unrighteous accountable. And he will give all that he has called into his salvation an eternal kingdom that will never perish. The glorious truth of this should make us thrilled to be Christians. This is what it means to have joy in the Lord. Our day-to-day life may not be great all the time. Sometimes it may feel mundane or boring or a struggle, but the character of God, the glory of God, the holiness of God should be reason enough to be living a life of joy. That is attractive to people, and that is an entry point for us to share the gospel with them. If you look miserable day to day, and you talk about Jesus with them, that Jesus has changed your life, that he has made you a better person, and yet you don't look like that, how is anyone going to believe you? How is anyone going to buy what you're selling? It just doesn't make sense, right? We need to live and act in such a way that shows the joy of the Lord in us. And if done properly, The joy of the Lord and the peace of God is very contagious. And hopefully it will spread like wildfire through the Holy Spirit. Our verse to memorize for today is going to be Psalm chapter 8, verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, who have displayed your splendor above the heavens. And that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, 
and we'll see you next time. Take care and God bless you.